Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson's daughter, claimed that hallucinogens helped her connect to God and that they played an instrumental role in her journey to Christianity. Well, what does the Bible say about drugs and what role, if any, do they play in experiencing God? Hello, Thinking Christians. Welcome to The Unapologetic Show. An unapologetic show, here we seek to answer the questions swirling around our world today and to defend the truth without compromise with Dr. Bobby Conway, the one-minute apologist. I'm your host, Tim Hall. Well, at the time that we're recording this, we have about 75 or 76,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, and we're hoping to reach 100,000 before the end of the year. So please help us reach that goal. We're also looking to raise $25,000 this year to help this ministry continue. Your gift of any size will be greatly appreciated. We still have about a $10,000 gap, and your donation will help close that gap. You can give at oneminuteapologist.com slash form, and I want to thank all of those who have support supported this ministry. Currently, your names are scrolling on the screen. So we, we want to play this clip from Michaela Peterson. She was on The Unbelievable Show with our good friend John McRae, and she talked about her experiences with hallucinogenic drugs and the role that they played. Uh, but first, I think we need to unpack what hallucinogenic drugs are, and maybe people might not really even know what they are. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm not really uh, familiar with a lot of this. I'm going to be learning right along with the audience here. So, Bobby, what are hallucinogenic drugs, and how do they work? Well, these are uh, mind-altering uh, drugs, uh, and basically what they do is they alter one's awareness mm. of their external environment. They alter one's awareness of their true feelings and thoughts. So it basically presents to them a pseudo-reality, and they're not able to see reality as it is because the drug has taken place. Mm. And what these drugs do is they disrupt the communication between the brain and uh, the brain systems, and the spinal cord. Okay. And so what can take place then is there's a communication breakdown between these chemical systems in the brain and the spinal cord. Mm. And that is obviously a dangerous place to go. Now, as it relates to these mind-altering drugs, uh, there are various types of hallucinogens, such as LSD, peyote, mushrooms. Some of these mind-altering drugs are synthetic, that is to say that they are human-made. Okay. Others are not synthetic. Um, they can be found in fungus like uh, mushrooms, uh, and they can be also found in certain plants uh, where you can you know, extract something from a plant. Mm. Um, you think about um, DMT, which is a powerful chemical found in plants uh, in uh, the Amazon. Uh, peyote, for example, is a small spineless um, cactus that has mescaline as its main ingredient. Okay. But each of these various types of hallucinogens are set... Um, to 
change the reality, mm. to bring somebody into an experience where they're not in touch with their thoughts and feelings. And that can be a very dangerous cocktail. Yeah. And they're they're typically taken, um, I mean, you can smoke some of these, um, but like if you're going to take mushrooms, for example, yeah. um, you can take those by uh, putting the mushrooms in a herbal tea, okay. uh, boiling the water uh, with the mushrooms in it, and then pouring yourself a cup of tea. Mm. Uh, acid, uh, that can uh, you know be absorbed through the lining of your tongue as a little sheet of paper that has uh, acid uh, dropped onto it. Yeah. It begins to go into your bloodstream. Interesting. Um, we we want to look at this clip of Michaela Peterson and kind of discuss it. She kind of raises some interesting things, and we have several other questions. So let's go ahead and turn to this clip. Okay. I've had this conversation a number of times with my husband, as you can imagine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think they're evil. I talked about it a bit on my channel and I have people who are like, oh no, they, you know, make you see demons. And then it's like, well, I still, whatever it, they did to me, I think opened my mind to the possibility of God. So plus, why are they on earth? Wouldn't you argue that maybe God put them there? Like shrooms? Mm -hmm. Or were they put there by the devil? I don't know. I think that they can be unbelievably beneficial for people. I, um, I think that they can probably be used as a replacement for God by people, which is not a good idea at all. So I think people who are really looking for a sense of meaning will gravitate towards psychedelics to fill that void. They don't work like that. And people don't have good experiences like that. And they should mm -hmm. not be used like that. So I think you have to be really careful with them. Um, I think they're a lot, a lot safer than a lot of the pharmaceuticals that are given out and less addictive, so... So she made kind of several claims in there. One of them, the questions that, you know, raises is why hallucinogens are on earth? Did God put them here? If they're on, you know, if they're here, should we just use them? So how would you respond to that? We'll kind of get to some of the, her other comments a little bit later. Well, first off... Um, I'm celebrating, as I know you are, Tim, uh, in Michaela's recent conversion to yeah. Christianity. Uh, she is the daughter of the famed psychologist Jordan Peterson, and this is great news. Uh, I realize that when she's speaking, she's new in her walk, mm -hmm. and I would anticipate that down the road with some good sanctification, she would regret saying this statement. Yeah. I don't think that... Um, she was very wise in the way she said it. Though she tried to qualify, it can take you down some bad spots. I don't think God needs us to take drugs to encounter him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just don't buy the whole statement of, well, why did God put them on earth? So sometimes, Tim, you know, people, they'll point out Genesis 129 as an argument for marijuana where God says, I've given them every uh, seed, uh, every plant that yields seed. Uh, well, that's Genesis one twenty nine, and then in Genesis one thirty one, God looked at all that He made and says, "You know, behold, it's very good." Yeah. There's only one problem with using Genesis one twenty nine to talk about God giving us uh, these uh, plants that yield seed as permission to use marijuana. The fall hasn't happened yet. Right. So are we to envision before the fall, uh, Adam and Eve are walking around and they're just, uh, you know, doped out, uh, you know, and finding the coca leaf plant and snorting lines. Right. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Uh, th this is so desperate. Uh, and, and, and 
I recognize this as desperate as an early convert. I mean, it's just bad. Yeah. Uh, so the fall hasn't happened yet. <laughs> right. So let's. You want to use Genesis one? Uh, well, there's there there's no sin in the world. Yeah. But once sin entered the world, well, guess what? Um, our fallen natures have concocted all kinds of potions out of the earth. So just because there's plants here on earth and we go, God created the plants, that doesn't mean we can't abuse them. Right. Um, there's vines here on earth and people can drink from them and they can become an alcoholic. Mm. Now she would say, oh yeah, uh, I'm not talking about abuse of drugs. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that if anybody is taking um, LSD or peyote uh, or mushrooms, so to speak, uh, to hallucinate because they think they need that to come in contact with God. So I'm going to meet God in an alternative reality, yeah. right? Let me take these drugs because God can't meet me in reality. Yeah. That's basically what it's saying. So I'm going to take these drugs. It'll alter my reality. The reality isn't real, but that's the place where God's got to meet me mm. because he's dependent upon me taking something that has been abused by humanity that will send me into a false reality in order to meet the truth. Right. So I just don't think that that argument yeah. flies. Well, and specifically we're talking about like, you know, because they're on earth. Well, there's poisonous plants too, right? Yeah. You take those, you'll be like, well, they're here. So you might as well, right? Yeah. You might as well take the yeah. poisonous plants. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I get Go out, out and roll around in, uh, and poison in poison ivy, ivy and poison oak. It's, it's totally on the earth. Cool. Yeah. 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 I, I'll reiterate. She, she is a young Christian. She just mentioned that yeah. in the full conversation. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say that probably a few years down the road, she'll come back and be like, oh no, yeah. I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, so what specifically does the Bible say about drugs and does it speak specifically about hallucinogens? The Bible doesn't speak about the drugs that we do, Tim. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to turn in your Bible and get instructions on uh, LSD, uh, PCP, right. uh, you know, uh, all these other types of drugs, cocaine, crank, yeah. heroin. It's not going to talk about that. What you do have is the term pharmakeia that's used in the Bible, uh, which is similar to our modern... English word for drugs, um, pharmacia, pharmaceutical, yeah. that kind of an idea. Yeah. Um, it's not always real clear how it's being used, whether uh, it's sometimes that word pharmacia is translated, right, is sorcery. Mm. Uh, and you could see maybe like witches uh, making a certain cocktail and using it in sorcery to come in touch with maybe some sort of a, an alternative reality yeah. or being. Uh, so I would say that it's not as clear as I would like uh, it to be, but it does talk a lot about alcohol mm. impairment. Yeah. And we see that, you know, uh, if you're to drink, it has to be done in moderation, that we're to not be drunk with wine, yeah. but be s filled with the Holy Spirit. In yeah. other words, be self-controlled. Uh, what is what it, When it says, uh, you know, do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Spirit, right? right like right. in other words, uh, or, or be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you're drunk with something, you're out of control. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're controlled by it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's important. Um, the Bible does give us principles. I mean, it cautions against addiction. Yep. It tells us that we're not to have any other masters. Mm -hmm. It does speak about self-control. It does talk about you know, protecting and honoring our body as God's temple. 
it does talk to us about glorifying him in everything that we do in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Mm-hmm. It talks to us about avoiding hedonism, yeah. living for our pleasures, mm. uh, and all those types of things. Uh, but drug use with specific names, no, but archaeologists have um, noted the presence of opium and its usage uh, in the ancient world and other substances and surrounding Bible culture era mm-hmm. and in the Bible culture era, like hemp. So those things were there in ancient temples. Uh, in Greece, we can see that, uh, that they used mind-altering drugs for fortune-telling or giving oracles. Yeah. So that's just to say the drug usage today is, is nothing new. What's new is how much more powerful mm. it is because of the technology that we bring where it is absolutely uh, so much more powerful and lethal, like we're seeing with yeah. the, the fentanyl and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, there's just a yeah, just there's a report recently here in Charlotte about um, a police officer bagged up some fentanyl and ended up getting pretty sick and mm. having to go to the emergency room. Um, well, you know, even even in that clip that Michaela Peterson, you know, we just watched, you know, how can we fault somebody if they're using these types of drugs? Let's say let, let's just grant maybe they're legal, maybe they're I don't know in Europe somewhere or wherever where there's no laws against it. Can can we really fault somebody for for taking these hallucinogenic drugs to you know kind of conjure an experience with God in that sense? Uh, you know, Tim, I know that uh, you would have planned to ask me this, and I'll just answer it right here in conjunction with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used a lot of hallucinogens uh, before I became a Christian, uh, before I ever heard the gospel. Um, I was taking LSD. Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, I remember being in Santa Cruz uh, and bumped into a drug dealer on the Santa Cruz boardwalk. And I asked him what he had, and he said he had LSD. And I asked how much, he says, two bucks a hit. And I didn't have any cash on me. And I said, well, do you take a check? And I wrote him a check for two bucks and took my acid and left. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, would have said, I'm trying to find God on this, mm-hmm. or I'm trying to find myself. I'm looking for a spiritual experience. And I think I was sincere in that. Yeah. But... When I became a Christian, uh, I have to say, when I look back, um, even if um, that was my motivation to try to find God or find my way toward Him or discover myself, that doesn't make those drugs good. Mm. And that's the danger. Again, uh, I'm so happy for Michaela. I have utmost confidence in her future walk. I think it's great what God's doing in her life. I hope that a little wisdom would curtail her on this in the future. Mm. Um, But she's new, and so there's to the faith, and so there's grace for her in how she's trying to figure out how she interprets her experiences in light of the current uh, stance that she has as a Christian. Uh, For me, Tim, LSD and mushrooms, um, they take on the mood that you're in. Mm. So uh, if you're in a good mood, uh, you have a better opportunity of having what is known as a good trip. If you're in a bad spot, you can uh, end up having a bad trip. I can't tell you how many times I had some horrific Mm. moments on hallucinogens. You know, we talked about how it alters your reality. Yeah. Uh, I got 
I found that I was stuck in time. Mm. I was inside my apartment and thought I trapped myself in time. And I was looking at the clock and it wasn't moving. Mm. And it felt like for hours. And then I started to freak out because I didn't know how to get unstuck from being trapped in time. Yeah. Uh, well, that might sound kind of funny or stupid, but it's really scary yeah. when your brain is telling you, dude, you just got stuck in time. You're, you're stuck here forever. Yeah. You're, like imagine being stuck permanently mm. on the second hand yeah. at about 10 after two in the morning. Yeah. And there you're going to exist forever. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, I know what it's like to run my fingers on my cheeks and for my fingers to think that my face is melting off. Yeah. Um, I know what it's like to be utterly paranoid and sitting inside of an apartment and going to the door every so often and sticking my head out the door to see if anybody's coming for me. Mm. I know what it's like to be standing in a phone booth off the side of the road watching cars drive by. Yeah, uh, These uh, things uh, happen to people. Yeah. So did I have some good moments on it? Yeah, well, that's why I kept doing it. Right, I kept looking right. for that good moment again. Mm -hmm. And that's what takes us back to it, looking for that good moment. But did I really find myself or find God on that? Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. And what if I did, Tim? What if I did? Could I claim that that is an affirmation of the drug use? No, no more than a drunk should be able to claim that tequila is a great thing and people should drink a bunch of it because he found God in the midst of being drunk. Yeah. Or no more than a prisoner should claim that just because he found God in prison that more people should go to prison. Right, right. And so this is silly. Tim, I was born out of wedlock. Mm. My dad was married to another woman. He was having an affair with my wife. My, with my wife, well, that's really bad, right? <laughs> with my mom, who was working in a bar. Yeah. Okay. She conceived. I was born. My dad ended up leaving. Uh, his ex-wife married my mom. Mm. Well, did that make that good that they had an affair? No, it didn't make it good. Yeah. Uh, did something good come out of it? Uh, well, I'd like to think so. I got the chance to exist, right? Right. 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 Uh, but that doesn't mean that that was good. Right. And so I would say just because somebody um, discovers God as a result of the stuff, don't go and blame that on Christianity and say that God is validating that. Uh, be, just because somebody feels something good. Uh, well, th that's what people were doing in the temples of old, having orgies because it felt good. Right. And they felt like they were connecting yeah. with sex goddesses. Yeah. Yeah. So other than like paranoia or fear that you experienced on a, a bad trip, what are the other side effects, if there's any side effects that kind of come from that? And also kind of with that, I think it would be helpful to the, the principle of, um, you know, Paul says to Timothy, uh, if you're sick, you know, have a little bit of wine for your stomach. Does that principle then carry over if you're just kind of microdosing? Like, are, were there any side effects with microdosing? How does that kind of fit? Well, there's a couple questions here. Um, you know, what are the side effects? And yeah. there could be short-term side effects and long-term side effects. Uh, short-term side effects, anybody that's used um, hallucinogens will be familiar with some of these side effects. Like, I... I can remember my brain hurting mm. because they call it frying on acid, right? Yeah. I mean, you just fried and it's eight hours. Oh, wow. I mean, my head would hurt after a trip. Um, uh, sometimes people experience dry mouth, mm. um, loss of appetite. Uh, they'll 
struggle from sleep and insomnia, some of the shorter term stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can happen on long term usage and long term side effects uh, is psychosis, mm. uh, paranoia, um, visual disturbances where people think they're seeing things like maybe a halo oh. or other things, uh, mood disorders, anxiety, um, fears, worries. So, uh, this is nothing to mess with if you're taking high dosages of this stuff frequently. Yeah, you could. You can get stuck in a place where, hey, you don't know the time you're going to take this stuff and you're going to get locked in mm-hmm. and you're going to have a lifelong struggle of being utterly paranoid, racked with fears and anxieties. Now, as it relates to microdosing, Tim, I'm not um, all that familiar with microdosing. It's actually a term that um, I've heard more recently yeah. as it relates to hallucinogens. Um I guess my perspective um, on that, given my understanding is some people would say that there is a form of microdosing that is shown to be helpful perhaps for people with uh, PTSD okay. or traumas. Mm. But the purpose of microdosing is completely different than the recreational purpose of using hallucinogens in the way that I did, yeah. which would be to literally go on a complete hallucinogen trip, yeah. taking you know sometimes several hits of acid at one time, so that I could fry and check out a reality. No, that's not the because it's a microdose. So apparently, there are certain properties that people who are playing with this say that if you can um, reduce it down to a micro level, it can help assuage maybe some of the anxiety and some of the angst and stuff like that, um, where people have found increased energy, improved moods. Um, But listen, um, the studies on this are not conclusive. And for the people that you can find that will give positive testimony, Tim, you'll also be able to find people giving negative testimony. So too with people that want to use marijuana in a recreational way. I would just say this. I think all drugs, uh, and, and let me go on record and say, I am on an antidepressant as I speak. Okay. Okay. Um, I take... ADD medication. Mm-hmm. I recognize that there can be places for drugs. Um, uh, I know what it's like after a surgery to take uh, opioids with prescriptions yeah. uh, given to me, and then having to you know flush those things down the toilet pretty quick because right. right. uh, they're so addictive. Um, I think there is a place, right? medicinally for certain things. Mm. For somebody who struggles with marijuana and uh, there are struggles with cancer and they're dying and they weigh 90 pounds, but they can't keep their food down. Yeah. I, I get the argument why maybe marijuana can help them. Yeah. So I'm not being this, this prude in this way. I'm just saying if somebody was to use hallucinogens from a microdose standpoint, I don't know enough about it. I'm not sure that the evidence in is conclusive, but the same principles would need to apply Mm. that self-control, 
uh, you're not doing it for the purpose of recreation, yeah. and you're not doing it, um, you know, for the. You, you, it's basically under a doctor's guidance. Yeah, yeah. So that those are just some things that I would share. There's a lot more that could be said here, but anybody that would say you can't do this would then go to the hospital and get a surgery and go right. home with an opioid prescription. Uh, listen, there's all kinds of things I'm open to doctors using yeah. after surgery if it can help us to repair, but it doesn't mean those things are good, but it's better than the pain that we'll experience. Right. Well, I think that's a really great clarification that you just made there at the end and really important. I can imagine the person being like, oh, then we shouldn't take aspirin or whatnot. And I think under the doctor's care, like you said, that's good. You know, uh, there's being research around it and you're, you're kind of being able to be monitored uh, is really, really helpful. Any, any final closing comments that you want to make on this topic before we wrap up today? I just think that uh, anytime that we're trying to find an excuse to drink uh, more and use drugs, um, let me just say as a guy that I get what it means to, to want to feel good. Mm. I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, but I also get um, that rationalization is powerful. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, trying to find our ultimate contentment in God mm. and spending more energy trying to know Him and love Him than try to rationalize our way into drug use, I think would serve us a lot better in the church. Yeah, amen. Well, I appreciate uh, this education. It was a class for me. I hope the audience uh, felt the same way. And if you learned something, let us know in the comments on this video that you learned something. And with that, we will meet you next time on The Unapologetic Show. You've been listening to Unapologetic with Dr. Bobby Conway, the one-minute apologist. I am your host, Tim Hall. Be sure to listen to Bobby on Pastor's Perspective Monday through Thursday, as well as like, share, and subscribe to the One Minute Apologist YouTube channel, where we have over 1,000 videos. We would also like to remind you that this is a listener-supported program. We would greatly appreciate your support in any amount so we could continue to provide this ministry. If you would like to be a part of our team in any capacity, please visit our website at oneminuteapologist.com. And while you're there, check out all of Bobby's books, courses, and even invite him to speak at your church or event. Thank you for listening to Unapologetic, where we defend truth without compromise. Sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa.